Manage the snow situation in Buffalo. Barely a little dicey. Some of the people getting to their seats, they were there. They were able to. They made their way through that snow. They sat down. They're watching their Buffalo Bills right now lead the way over those Pittsburgh Steelers 24-10. to 10. Pittsburgh fighting, though, Ian. They're fighting. They're, they're trying to keep it interesting. Yeah, they're driving right now. They have second down and seven on the Buffalo 17-yard line. Uh, 12.54 to go in the game. Give, give Pittsburgh a ton, of, a ton of credit because they could have mailed this thing in at halftime where they were just getting absolutely worked uh, down 14, and it really didn't feel that close. Uh, but Pittsburgh, like, they've come back like four times this year, trailing in the fourth quarter. More come from behind fourth quarter wins than any other team in the NFL. So they're no stranger to, the, to this situation. But on the road at Buffalo uh, against that team, who was one of the hottest in the league, it's going to be still, in my opinion, a daunting task, even if they are able to get in the end zone here now on third down. So we'll keep you updated on this one. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. But we have been talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody knows that they suffered that unbelievably embarrassing loss. Another one and done situation for them in the wild card round. Eight times that's happened to them. Jerry calling this one. Jerry Jones calling this one the worst. Maybe the most embarrassing saying maybe this one actually feels the worst. And now the questions are going to come about what do the Cowboys do? These are questions in the future that you wouldn't normally see when you're talking about a coach who's led this team to three 12 win seasons back to back to back, right? Or won a division in the season that we're talking about him now once again being fired, but that's what happens when you have the expectation of the star in your helmet. It's what happens when you get blown out, Ian. Let's get Jerry Jones's thoughts on that specifically, a head coaching change. When I start, when I think about it, which I haven't thought one second about it, I know how hard, uh, how much it meant to our fans to advance. What this loss to me means, again, I opened up by saying not how, why, who didn't, who didn't do what, all of that kind of thing. The only thing that was on my mind almost this entire game was not an analysis of our strategy, not an analysis of the play. It was, do we get to play here again next week? And we can't, and that could have happened by a point, or it could have happened the way it happened out there and that's all I'm thinking about and that's all I've thought about should the Cowboys move on from Mike McCarthy triple eight say ESPN 888-729-3776 Ian he said he hasn't thought one second about it that's hard to imagine from Jerry but at the same time if they had won that game none of us would be talking about this right now no we wouldn't in in covering the Cowboys for years uh, on ESPN Dallas with Randy Galloway um I mean, it, Jerry, I can tell you this, Amber, will not make an emotional decision. Uh, it, it's not, it, it won't be today. It won't be tomorrow. Heck, it probably won't, won't even be Wednesday. Remember, he's stuck with Jason Garrett. And we have a Pittsburgh touchdown, by the way. Uh, that The Steelers have just made this a ball game. Calvin Impressive. Austin in the third. Yeah, 24-16 extra point pending. The third-string quarterback, Mason Rudolph, part of Oklahoma State, finding a way to will his team back in and Pittsburgh's defense really settling down in the third quarter, only giving up 50 total yards to the Bills offense so far in the second half. So we'll keep you up to date uh, as that game continues. 24-17 now, Steelers covering, and the over has also uh, just hit. So if you have the over, it's always under until it's over, and that bad boy has gone over with 10.32 to go in the fourth quarter. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Jerry kept Jason Garrett around. Through three eight and eight seasons. Yep. Let that sink in. 
Now, that was a while ago, but he kept him around through back-to-back-to-back eight-win seasons, eight consecutive, uh, three consecutive years of remarkable mediocrity. And then he had the Dez catch, and which we all know he did catch it in Green Bay, but didn't, and that's when things spiraled a bit, and Jason Garrett was then removed. Now you have Mike McCarthy in here, back-to-back-to-back, 12-win seasons. Jerry will be patient with this decision, but this is, it's, this is a roster that was built to win now. And this was a postseason that was set up remarkably in the Cowboys' favor to get back to an NFC championship game for the first time since 1996. You're 16-0 at home in your last 16 games. Mm-hmm. You're playing the youngest team in the postseason with a quarterback starting in his first playoff game, and they punk you. It was 48-16 to 16 with seven minutes to go in the game. Forget 48-32. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 48-16. to 16. The game was open over before the coin toss. I mean, it, it, uh, it was remarkable. I, uh, give Green Bay full credit. Now you look at the future of the Cowboys. If I'm Jerry, I'm having to. I mean, you may not want to, but life is full of wants but can't haves. You may want to keep Mike McCarthy. But in order to bring in a different attitude and toughness to this team, where you just got worked in all three phases of the game and outcoached, with the, and you mentioned it earlier, with the names that are out there, right. like a Mike Vrabel, I don't expect Bill Belichick. Belichick's first call will be to Bill Parcells, who coached the Dallas Cowboys under Jerry Jones. And Parcells is going to tell him, don't do it. <laughs> so I don't expect Bill Belichick to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys because his mentor was there, and I don't expect that to happen. Vrabel, on the other hand, you want to bring some toughness into that room, into that building, go get the guy who's got three rings. Right. I, I do think it has everything to do with the names because whenever you want to get rid of somebody, it's all well and good to just say, oh, well, let's move on from that guy, right? Because that guy hasn't actually won us what it, when it matters the most. hasn't actually won us anything. Fine. But who are you moving on from that guy to? That's always part of the analysis. It's true with players, too. Fans always do this. Let's get rid of that player. All right. But then who are you replacing him with, right? That's going to be so much better. This coaching carousel, it's a little bit of a different conversation. I'm not saying that Rabel is much better than McCarthy if we just put them head to head and 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 consider the fact that McCarthy's teams have had more success really the last three years. If you really want to break it down here, then you know, you could argue Vrabel's Titans did there certainly this season. Vrabel's been to an, a, a, he's been to a conference championship game. Right. So that's fine, but that was, we're, we're a few years removed from that now. But nevertheless, it's not, it's about overall body work and it's about also a change. Just that change that feels like apparently it needs to take place because your team didn't show up for the most important game in the most important moment. But, Dak Prescott, he's the leader of that team. He's also looking for an extension, so that's going to be a whole other conversation, by the way, what they do with Dak, and maybe somewhat dependent here on what they do with a coach. Dak certainly showed up and showed out in the press conference for his coach. Here's Dak Prescott. 
Yeah, he's been amazing. I, I don't know how they can be, but I understand the business. In, the, in that case, it should be about me as well, honestly. I mean, that, that guy, I've had the season that I've had because of him. We, this team's had the success that they've had because of him. I understand it's about winning the Super Bowl, and that, that's the standard of the league and damn sure the standard of this place. So I get it, but add me to the list in that case. It's a so, little harder because you have a thing called a salary cap, and right now he counts 59 mil against the cap next season. And he's in line now for a contract extension, which, you know, you look at the market, Amber, he's the next in line. You're going to make him the highest paid player in the NFL? We have to have a conversation about Tua with the Dolphins, too. Uh, they're going to be in that situation yeah. as well, right? With Dak, it's it's confused. Right now, they have three days. They could trade him. If they trade him in the next three days, then they can save uh, $36 million or something crazy like that. There are caveats to when you could trade him and when not and this for that and did this for Dak and that for Dak. I mean, the reality is I think that they end up paying Dak, but that's a whole nother conversation yep. in terms of the future of Dak. That was just Dak saying what you could say in that situation. I mean, credit to Dak because he takes the honors on himself and also defends his coach and Mike McCarthy saying, the reason I had the season I had was because of that guy. So how can you can that guy? Because he got everything he could out of me. It's a good argument. It certainly makes it a little harder to get rid of him when Dak Prescott, if the players are going to be behind Mike McCarthy. But I still think in this situation, Jerry Jones has to move on. It was just too embarrassing of a loss. And you need a new feeling in the building really a new yeah. motivation apparently that last because... part new feeling in the building like Matt LaFleur was talking about there's a different energy in that building right. and that was addition by subtraction with Aaron Rodgers being out and everyone being together in that building the other part and this is one when it comes to the Cowboys right it's it's much more difficult to move on from a quarterback like Dak than it is from the head coach because right. of the salary cap and you know, who are you going to get to replace Dak? With the coaching cycle right now, with the names that are out there and available right now, you don't have to trade for them, they're available. That is what separates replacing a head coach from replacing a franchise quarterback because the big question on Dak is, if you try and replace Dak and, and move on from him, one, salary cap implications, tune, two, who are you getting to replace him? That ain't easy. So coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we're going to get to some of these other games because there were other games. There were other things happening other than the Dallas Cowboys. The Lions ended 32 years of misfortune on Sunday night. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Lions did it. They got their first playoff win since 1991. That was the longest active drought without a playoff win in the entire NFL, 1991. Now, of course, that honor belongs to my Miami Dolphins. Uh, 1991's a hell of a long time, though, <laughs> to wait for a playoff win. And they got one. They got one in an exciting fashion. And they got one in a storybook fashion here, Ian, because the Lions, of course, trade Matthew Stafford away. They get back Jared Goff. Nobody has expectations for the Lions in making that trade. What a sweet poem it all gets written where one day, although sure, the Rams got a ring out of it, so they're probably feeling okay overall about oh, this absolutely. trade. But one day... <laughs> The Lions get to knock the Rams off with their first playoff win in all of those years. That's a heck of a story. By the way, Buffalo did just score in this Bills-Steelers game uh, just over six minutes to go uh, in this game. Go ahead, Ian. Yeah, Lions. Josh Allen with a touchdown toss, extra point pending, uh, and that will make it if the extra point's good. 31-17, Bills on top of the Steelers in frigid conditions. But first tip of a cap to, as you mentioned, Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Nobody expected anything out of this team. And down the stretch, they were one of the hottest teams in the NFL, winning, what, six of our last seven, and their only loss was on the road in Baltimore against the, the team with the best record in the league in overtime and, it caught, and they lost it with a phantom block in the back on a punt return in OT. That's their only L. And you go in and you're in a position to win the game 24-23 when Puka Nakua on a third and 14, Stafford hits him in the hands. Uh, but right before that, there is a massive pull on his shirt. It should have been DPI or holding. It wasn't. Well, the ball was in the air, so it would have been DPI. Wasn't called. You know, I mean, they, they, that, that officiating crew missed a ton of calls that were that should have been pro-Detroit, and they missed a ton of calls, which should have been pro-Lions. I mean, pro-Rams. That whole Stafford thing threw me off for you know the entire game, by the way. I mean, it, it was weird watching him. Because my brother coached there for six years, coached with Matthew Stafford. So it was odd watching that game, to say the least. But that, to me, was arguably, not even arguably, I mean, it was the most entertaining on the weekend. It, it was spectacular oh, yeah. to watch. It was awesome. All the storylines. You mentioned the Goff and Stafford aspect. The history in Detroit. I mean, look, they should have had a playoff win, ironically, in Dallas, where Anthony Hitchens had DPI, and it was a phantom flag that got picked up and was never explained why it got picked up. That's when Matthew Stafford, you can go Google it, famously screaming at the refs. You just made history, bub. Congratulations. Tell us the damn call. Why is the flag picked up? You just made history. And the Rams, I mean, the Lions should have won that game. Right. Don't, and so that remarkable historic run of just playoff ineptitude continued. And finally, eight years later, or whatever it is, seven years later, they finally get that win. Happens to be at home. It's a damn Hollywood story ending. Uh, and, but it's not, it hasn't ended yet. I mean, they get the winner of Eagles and Bucks tonight. And right now, if America loves an underdog story, Amber, and can you find a better one in a working man's town that has seen so much hardship over the last 20, 30 years than Detroit with their beloved Lions finally delivering not just a playoff win, but a home playoff win that brought grown men to tears right there in the stands. When they host the Eagles or the Bucks, they this will be the first time in franchise history that they have had multiple 
home playoff games. I didn't know that. In franchise history, history. in a single postseason. Go they hadn't the seen 50s. a playoff game at home since 1993. They hadn't even gotten an opportunity to watch the Lions lose at home in person, right? I mean, it wasn't. It, it's that wasn't even Scott Mitchell, right? Story. Was that was that Rodney Pete? Oh gosh, I don't know. You're asking me. It was a quarterback. Ninety three. I don't. I was a child. I don't. Know. I, I don't. I don't remember who the quarterback. I was, on my, was I was on my second sophomore year at Bama at that point, uh, right? But yeah. Well, so I, uh, but, to you. <laughs> I think it was Rodney Pete. But it's a hell of a story. It, it was a hell of a long drought at a hell of a wait. And the only danger I would see for the Lions now is that you feel like the story is complete because it's not complete. But when you do something like that, that's so historical for your franchise, now you've already won the season. The season, if it ends against the Eagles or the Bucks, it's already a big win. It's already a huge success because you got a playoff win. And so I would say that's maybe the danger moving forward is you get a little bit complacent because you're already having, you're planning your, your, your celebration parade and you didn't win a Super Bowl. You went, you won a playoff game in the wild card round. Let me ask you this in you know, knowing Dan Campbell a little bit from his days with the Dallas Cowboys as a backup tight end or the other tight end to Jason Witten. And we've all seen him, right? I mean, they're, they're biting kneecaps right now. And everyone yeah. laughed at him. I mean, you know, and all that stuff. I mean, here he is with his attitude. Do you really think that there's a chance that this team could be bathing in their own success right now and sleep on this next game? Because to me, I don't think there's any way in hell that they're celebrating even come tomorrow. They're, they have moved on and they will have their jaws locked ready for either Eagles or Bucks. Listen, I think it's a good Lions team, so I'm not taking anything away from – what's on the field and what's in front of me. I, I do think that some of that whole biting kneecaps, extra macho, masculine, like Dan Campbell aura, that whole thing. I think some of that is a little overstated. It's really good for hard knocks. It's really good for headlines. It's good for sound bites for what we do. I, if, if it was, if that was all it took, they would have been, they would have won on Thanksgiving. Right. I mean, we have seen this Lions team, also, not win at times that we expected them to win. They did stumble some here at the end of the season. So could I see it happening? Sure. It, it won't just be, though, because they didn't come for the game completely. It'll also probably be somewhat about where the opponent is. I just wonder if you're a Lions fan, does it even matter? Sure, it would be so amazing to see another win. But at this point, you're already sold. I mean, you're so sold on this team. It's all gone according to plan. Jared Goff has looked great. Dan Campbell's definitely the coach there. And you've got to feel so good about the future if you're a Lions fan. Oh, absolutely. The present I, and the I, I future. just don't think there's I mean, going to be a complacent attitude. In yeah, forever. They're not going to be rejoicing and going, right, we, we, we won one finally. Right, we're good and go get chicken kicked by the Eagles or Bucks. I think this team will be ready to roll. And, and, and by the way, we're talking about coaching candidates out there. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, wow. I mean, if, if he's not one of the hot young names, I mean, we've already, we've already seen teams put in. You know, there's a truckload of openings yet again. Uh, but he, he's kind of, not kind of, he is behind the marquee names, the Belichicks, the Vrabels of the world, but if you end up with a Ben Johnson, and I know he'll be a first-time head coach, but right now as a young OC, that dude can dial up some stuff. I mean, Amber, he, that game plan he rolled out was absolutely spectacular. 
But what we saw with the Eagles this season is it can matter when you lose your coordinator. So that's not <laughs> always a great thing when you lose your coordinators moving forward, right? If I'm a Lions fan, like starts Lions fans, start spreading the rumors now about why he sucks. Okay. Just come up with something. I don't know. Nothing, nothing nefarious. Okay. But just come up with something, you know, he it puts the cereal in the bowl and then the milk or whatever, the other way, whatever it is, something weird, something that's going to turn off other that's teams. Horrible. <laughs> because that's true. Everybody wants Harbaugh right now, and he's got he's got he's a lot of interesting things. He's quirky. Quirky's in. Maybe Quirky's not going to get it done. You got to start some rumor, though, that gets it done, because you don't want to lose your coordinators moving forward. It's what happens when you're a really good team. The reward for being a you really good team is they get poached, and then you're starting back over and trying to replicate that magic once again. But they will be trying to replicate that magic against the winner of the Eagles-Bucks game. That game, of course, tonight with Tampa hosting the Eagles right here in my neck of the woods. Coming up next year on Amber and Ian, the rookie stealing the show in the AFC playoffs. This is ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the, AF- on the ESPN app. That's what it sounded like. When the Houston Texans took it to the Cleveland Browns, 45 to 14, Ian Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You called this one, Ian. You called it. I was arguing with you when we were doing our ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge because I believed in that Browns defense. And I was incredibly wrong. That Browns defense had been at Whoa, all hold on a minute. Long. Hold on, breaking oh, news. Just, yeah, right. You distracted me. You were, saying, you were giving me 4 no hand signals we, we because you were bragging in the Zoom camera that you Lift were 4-0, that, and I Mark was distracted. That. Lift and- it. it. That's a first. Breaking news here on ESPN Radio or go back to her local days in Miami. Amber Wilson has just uttered the words, I was wrong. About her lawyer DNA... Lawyer DNA has, it's almost as if she couldn't put those three words together back to back to back. And it has finally happened. In a very limited capacity, I was wrong in this particular game. Did you hear her try to like word salad her way defense. out of it too? Yeah, uh, we were jumping in there. No shot that that was going to happen. Lift it. That's just those three words. That's all we need. Give that to Fortinball. Give that to everybody in Miami and Sarasota. <laughs> Everyone, uh, just take those three words. Zaslow now. That has to be on the bottom. Zaslow, oh, hell yes. And go ahead and send that out in a mass group text. It has happened. Amber Wilson has said, I was wrong. But anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. I just thought that Joe Flacco, I mean, the, the time was going to come when the, the clock was going to hit midnight and he's going to turn into a pumpkin. Not only did that happen with Christian Harris, pride of Alabama, you know, that pick six and the head coach, pride of Alabama, D'Amico Ryans, welcoming a fellow Bama linebacker on the sideline and going ballistic. Um, it was it was C.J. Stroud. This was the C.J. Stroud show and year. I, I don't remember a rookie quarterback being this – remarkable. Ben Roethlisberger had a great run. I mean, you got to put him up there with that. And also Dan Marino, you know, and Marino as a rookie went to the Super Bowl, got rocked, but went to a Super Bowl and then they never, never got back again. But the way CJ Stroud is not just playing the game, Amber, but leading his team and leading by example. He doesn't do a lot of talking. They didn't do that at Ohio State. It's beyond impressive to watch. It really is. 
Justin Herbert broke records his rookie year, but it didn't count much in the win-loss column. CJ Stroud is doing it and actually doing the winning and putting his money where his mouth is, 45 points. That's a franchise record for a playoff game in Houston Texans history. It was an absolute demolishing of the Cleveland Browns. And again, that is a heck of a defense in Cleveland. I mean, I don't think much of that, that offense. And you had said before the game, you had predicted that Flacco was going to come back down to earth a little bit in the Cinderella story here, waltzing into Cleveland, taking them to a postseason. All of that was very cool for a resurgence for the 38-year-old. But you had said, you had called it, that he was going to turn into a pumpkin that night. And sure, he did some. But it was more to me, the surprising component of this was the defense in Cleveland not being able to get yep. anything done about against that Houston Texans offense. That's that's what, to me, was so incredibly impressive about what Stroud did. It was the explosive plays, too. I mean, in a clean game. I mean, Houston only had three penalties. Uh, didn't turn the ball over. You know, time of possession, Cleveland dominated. I mean, if you look at the score, you're going, oh, my gosh, Houston must have had the ball for 35 minutes. No, Cleveland had the ball 35 minutes. <laughs> it was just – it was surgical. Stroud hit three different guys for touchdowns. Uh, they ran the ball effectively with Singletary. And Stroud ends up 16 of 21, 274, three touchdowns, and no turnovers. Zero. It's, he, he is – it's to the point now where – and it was the explosive plays. Again, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, they were two of eight on third down. It's just when they needed a big play, they hit you with it. And before you knew it, you looked up and you went, oh, my gosh, this game's over. It was, it was a lot like Green Bay in Dallas, right? Where you looked up at halftime, you're going, damn, what, what happened? What did I miss? You missed, you missed a remarkable performance, not just by C.J. Stroud, by a rookie head coach and a defense that's just stalking dudes sideline to sideline, and they were so impressive and fun to watch. Three passing touchdowns are tied for the most by rookie in a playoff game in NFL history. Dak Prescott, he did it in 2016. We did see Brock Purdy do it last year. And now, of course, we've seen C.J. Stroud do it. Also, you got a rookie head coach there in D'Amico Ryans, who just waltzed in, blew, blow, well, doesn't waltz in, but blows the Browns out. Presence. Yeah. Just feel like, and a former player at that, that has just, Taking this team so far ahead of schedule, right? I think that's what's so impressive to me about D'Amico Ryans because they gave him, if you'll remember, I don't have it in front of me. It was like a seven-year-long contract because yeah. they, were, they were doing that thing. They were giving him time. They're like, all right, we're committing to well, you. Well, what Kyle Shanahan did. It's what they, the Niners did with Shanahan right? and Lynch, right? Gave him that six-year contract tied together. Mm-hmm. You know, D'Amico Ryans got a long-term contract. Going, long-term. We're, we're, we are showing you. We're going to give you your Texans royalty. You've proven yourself as a coordinator. We're going to give you time. Right, because you're going to need it. We're going to give you time because you're going to need it. We know that the team we're turning over to you with this personnel ain't it. And so we're going to give you some time to get your system in place, to get everybody accustomed to doing things the D'Amico Ryan's way. He hasn't needed any time. It's unbelievable. He walks in guns blazing, and here we are with them headed to a divisional round. It's really 
truly a heck of a story here. There is some big applause to go around today, and I'm sure it's getting lost in all the thumbs down and boos that are being directed at the Dallas Cowboys. There's a big applause to be had for the Detroit Lions making their way to a divisional round, and there's a big applause here for what D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud, both the rookies, have done here winning this playoff game. Yeah, and here's the Texans head coach, and as you mentioned, yes, rookie head coach, uh, talking about his rookie quarterback and what he means to this team. CJ is the reason why we're in this position. He's special, continues to shine no matter how big the moment is. Like Our whole team is leaning on him, and he has the shoulders to carry that weight, and he shows up week after week. He continues to improve week after week. No moment is too big for him, and when you have a young player who can shoulder the load of your team and the way the team is behind him, the confidence that he gives our entire team, it's so cool to watch because right? he's such a special player and you know, he has, has a special season, and we're looking forward to keep moving on. This is only the third head coach, rookie, rookie quarterback duo to win a playoff game since the 1950s. We saw John Harbaugh and Joe Flacco do it, and we saw Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez do it, and now we've seen D'Amico Ryans here and C.J. Stroud do That's it here. That's, that's the list. A, that's the list. That's the list. Wow. Here is C.J. Stroud, the Texans quarterback, on leading his team to the playoffs as a rook. It's been a blessing. It's been a heck of a year. And I thank God I can just go another week with my teammates. Like, this is a dream come true as a how close we are as a team. Like, we're really, really close. Offense, defense, special teams, like, we're all men well together. And just have another week to go at it with my brothers, it's a blessing, you know. So I'm super excited for this team and, and the city of Houston, and I'm just blessed to be in the position I am. Houston closed on ESPN bet as a two and a half point underdog in this game. They showed everyone. Uh, they took it to the Cleveland Browns, 45 to 17. The Buffalo Bills have also now taken it to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 31 to 17, as that game here comes down the stretch. The, People are still interested in this game right now. The Bills. 30 seconds to go. Flag right. on the field. It's going to be a fourth down depending on who the flag is on. Remember, the number is Buffalo minus 10. Those are the people. I see what you're doing. You might be looking at one of those people. That are still interested in this game. (laughs) Some people Uh, are a little nervous right now. Worried about the dreaded backdoor cover. It will be Buffalo moving on to the divisional round to take on Kansas City in the divisional round. All right, moving on here. On Amber and Ian, coming up next, one of the biggest playoff rivalries in recent memory will be picking back up next weekend. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is on the app. This is snap, back to pass, fires over the middle, complete on a crossing route to Shakir, who gets away from the tackler, down to the 10, looking for the end zone, and he's in! Khalil Shakir did a disappearing act on the tackler, reversed his field, and found the end zone! Unbelievable! The AFC Divisional Round is settled. The Buffalo Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-17. to That means... The Kansas City Chiefs are headed to town. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click and find out how you can save hundreds on your car insurance. Amber and Ian with you. The Chiefs will be at the Bills. That will be Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game in ever, ever. That man has played in 15 playoff games in his relatively short career in the NFL. He's played in 15 of them. 
all of them absent Super Bowls, all of them have been in Kansas City. That's amazing. Uh, now I, he has to go to Orchard Park. <laughs> and that, that's one of those where you knew that, right? But you, yeah. when you say it out loud, it just still sounds absolutely like, like, like it can't be true. Now, the one that I never would have gotten was the, the rookie head coach, rookie quarterback combo that you rattled off earlier. Uh, if my life depended on that and I had to drill the other two since the 50s or whatever that, that I year was. I should have made you. I thought about posing it as a Har- Harbaugh and Flacco, I got. I mean, I had John Harbaugh yeah, and Joe Flacco, I would have gotten that one. But it, the other one, Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan and, and Mark, Mark Sanchez, Sanchez I, zero chance, I'm dead. I mean, here comes the executioner. I got no shot. Zero. And, you'll, and now you have D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. That, that little tidbit, I wonder how many people realize what you just mentioned. That is, because in the back of, their, in my, back of my mind, I knew it, that Patrick Mahomes has never not played outside of a Super Bowl in a playoff game away from Arrowhead. But when you think about 15 games, 15, you're going, there has to be one, right? Man, one wild card? No. No, every mm-hmm. single one he started they win has the been division every at year. home. And this one is one where these two teams don't like each other. Mm-hmm. We all have seen the Josh Allen-Patrick Mahomes battles. Sign me up for another one. I can't wait. That's what's so exciting about this thing is that we get this rivalry and we get it back once again. Josh Allen in this matchup against the Steelers today was 21 of 30, 203 passing and three tutties. He was Josh Allen once again. And seeing that matchup against the Chiefs, knowing too that Patrick Mahomes, at least against the Dolphins, and I don't know how fair it is, frankly, to fully evaluate that game because, again, negative 37 wind chill. You're playing a team from Miami, also a very broken defense. They were incredibly injured there. It was zero pass rush. I mean, zero edge rushers. I digress. This is a Dolphins fan, but zero uh, pressure there on Patrick Mahomes. We couldn't get any. So I don't know how fair it is to evaluate Mahomes from that game, but he looked like old Mahomes. Like the thing that's kind of been missing most of this season where we don't see him do the crazy juke moves and use all the athleticism and all the tools in his tool shed, which boy, are there a lot of them. He looked like that guy in that game. So I do wonder, is there a health factor here? Is he feeling a little bit better at this point in the season? Is he healthy and ready at the right time? Is that Chiefs game, is that Chiefs team clicking? And now they're headed to Buffalo and we're going to see a matchup of two teams that have trended the right direction now at the right time when it matters most. I mean, statistically, he was not that great, right? No. I mean, but the conditions. Oh, you mean in that game? Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, you saw it. You saw yeah, those oh, yeah. moments. You saw Some that flashes. athleticism. Yeah, yeah, you really you did. Know, uh, Him evading the, the – I mean, given – again, he had like 45 minutes back there. So, But the yeah. one on third down is third and long, he, and he scrambles away, does a little pirouette in the pocket, right? And then yeah. goes up the right boundary for a first down. You're going if – you're, if you're a Dolphins fan like yourself, you're going, you got to be kidding me. Yep. How, does he, how does he do that? You know, and you saw some of that from Matthew Stafford last night. He's really the first to do it, but not on the stage that Mahomes was doing it, meaning in playoff games. You know, but you saw Stafford with that – no look to his tight end underneath the armpit of the rushing defensive end where he's looking right and throws left. You saw, you did start to see some of that again with Mahomes. Uh, but this is one where, again, going on the road for the first time, I don't think it matters to these guys because they have so many skins on the wall. But I can't wait to watch it. I mean, bottom line, because Josh Allen and the Bills are one of the hottest teams going. And this is the end of the regular season and that dash for cash is when you really want to be playing your best ball. 
and the Bills are right now. And they showed it again tonight. And then all of a sudden, to your point, have the Chiefs kind of woken up with a couple dubs and especially a home playoff win, you know, against Tua and, and the frozen fish. Could that get started to get some of their mojo back? We're going to find out. Yep, can't wait. <laughs> we're we're going to find out because this is a real test. And things have always fallen the right way for the Chiefs. I mean, not only do they always win the division, but then the chips always fall in such a way that they're always at home. And even in this situation, this season, the Dolphins, so great all season long, and then cough up their division at the end of it, they end up having to play on the road at a time where they're missing so many key pieces because of injury. The chips sort of fell the right way in that regard for the Chiefs. It was negative 37 in that stadium with the Ooh. wind chill. The chips kind of fell the right way for the Chiefs hosting that team from Miami, Florida. So this will be the real test. I am so geeked up to see it. I really am because I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I know that I thought the Chiefs looked pretty decent, obviously, uh, this past weekend. But again, I, I don't know. That means that they're going to look decent in Buffalo. Buffalo looked pretty decent against the Steelers just now. The Steelers fought hard in this game, but they were just outmatched. And are the Chiefs going to find themselves in a situation where they are outmatched in Buffalo? Of course, Buffalo's one of those teams that we've seen stumble in years past, like the Cowboys. We've seen them stumble in the playoffs at times when they should be doing the winning because they have the better team. So it's anybody's guess. Well, I'm waiting on the number to come out on, on Chiefs Bills. I'm on ESPN bet right now. How long I mean, does Pac- that take? Packers, not long. <laughs> Packers, Niners. Uh, the Niners are a 10-point favorite, total 50 and a half. That's a big number. I mean, even for a dominant Niners team. The number on the late game tonight, this is what we call the double up to catch up game. And you always want to take a little peek at, you know, at the at the the final game before you gotta settle up on a Tuesday. And because Tuesday is settlement day when it comes to wagering. And the Eagles were a three point favorite. A lot of late money from America coming in on Tampa. Uh that number's now gone really? to two and a half. So that's a big half a point. That means a lot of people are looking to double up to catch up and try not to pay the book on a Tuesday um, and putting some money down on Tampa. So if you had the Eagles, you might feel a little bit better about yourself before kickoff. Now, once the damn thing kicks off, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I mean, that game's kicking off in just about 15 minutes from now. Uh, It's in the 60s outside, I believe. Uh, You know, I had my fireplace on today, so it's probably in the 60s. Did you really? Hold on, did you? I I have had my fireplace on every darn day this winter practically here in sarasota florida it this has been to me a cold winter it is 67 right now in sarasota i'm about 45 minutes south of i'm exactly one hour from raymond james stadium it is 67 degrees outside 67 and she has a fireplace on i'm a wood burning kind of guy right you got chopped the wood right you know and and you and you get it going at 7 a.m before the wife wakes up right the dogs are all huddled in front of it um, we were negative four this morning in Dallas, Ooh. Texas. So yeah, we, we were it, in the fifties this morning and I, I was, that's when I turned frigid? on the fireplace and I was frigid <laughs> and then it started to warm up throughout the day and I went through a nice walk, but I was bundled up. Absolutely. Well, and it was I raining. built a fire and it's, and it's 67 degrees. My wife would divorce me. <laughs> 
Uh, it's it's the norm in my house. Like, it's also an excuse to use my fireplaces. I have a weird amount go. of fireplaces in my house, considering I live in Florida. So I just feel like I get my money out of them. Uh, I have one in my master bedroom, and I was laying in bed watching the end of that horrendous Dolphins-Chiefs game because I wasn't going to turn it off, of course, as the Dolphins fan in me. I have to ride or die with them, so I'm going to watch every minute of that game. But it looked so miserable that it was making me cold. And it was probably in the 60s here that night, so I flipped on the fireplace. I watched the end of that game. I like the humble was, brag on multiple fireplaces, including one in the bedroom. Is that a humble brag? I, I guess. So. I, uh, yeah, I guess. Is it remote controlled? <laughs> it is remote controlled. Oh, my God. It is, God. Oh it is God. remote. Is that fancy? Coming up next. Oh Plenty God. more on Amber and Ian. <laughs>